Dundee United fans. Down, down, Dundee United staying down, down. Welcome to episode 49, and that one, sorry, it's not even 49, it's 48. Terrible start, 48. Uh, and that is a special message for all the Dundee United fans listening, uh, of which I know that there's probably at least one. Uh, so sorry about that, but uh, you can't. Probably most one as well. Yeah, true. You can't. You can't be a bit of Wagner, uh, and his hilarious internet messages. Guy must be absolutely raking it. I know. How much does he charge for for one uh, one thing? Is it like a hundred quid? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's that much, but I think they're like, it's like separate for each thing. So like if it's a birthday message, it'll be a certain amount. And then no, like okay. a, for a full song, it's like something else. Right? We should get get them to do one for the podcast. Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> one's for the two minutes for chatting podcast. We should get them to do one for the podcast. Anyway, eh. <laughs> uh, an interesting start, but nonetheless, this is indeed episode 48, uh, yes. and uh, this episode is called Sparse, and I've just I've just <laughs> given that, that title right there, uh, and this it's relating, relating tumbleweed. Yeah, of course, to the, the lack of current clan news, uh, which we'll get to and cover very quickly, no doubt, um, but first off, in the usual style... Do you know of the last number 48 that Clan had? Oh, uh, I don't, but I'm going to stick my neck out and say that there, there hasn't been one. You're absolutely correct. Oof, a wee trick question. Uh, I know it was. I, I framed it, I completely had you there, uh, <laughs> I thought, but... Filled me. Not in the end. Uh, so maybe the next couple of episodes coming up, I think the those uh, keen clan fans among you will will know that there are a few former players coming up in the next couple of episodes, but not this week. Um, so straight in in terms of ice hockey news that we're going to cover. I mean, last week we had the or last episode we had the on-air shock news of Pete Russell's departure. Um, we didn't really know at the time where he was going and why, but I guess some of that has come out in the news more recently. Uh, he's going to Freiburg in DEL2, who finished 13th out of 14th, uh, 14 teams. Um, so maybe not the most successful of years for them last season. Um, but I obviously understand he's making a, a career move, but I think the thing that got us was really just the timing of it, having announced it. Uh, his return. Yeah, that's the kind of main issue for me is the fact that he stated that he was coming back and had already started recruiting. Um, you know, a fair chunk of players that we had last year as well to come back for the new season, and then the sad bombshell hit us. Uh, quite lucky to have, to have been recording while it was happening. Um, live, live instant reactions. Yeah, I won't, you won't get that in many podcasts. That is true. Um, but it is what it is. We've moved on in, in the hunt for a new head coach. Um, still on the go, as as of recording so far. Yep. 
we've got, as I'd said before we started, I've got the official social media accounts open for the club in case we get hit with a a double a double live whammy uh, in consecutive weeks. But um, I remain hopeful, but it's, I would say it's unlikely. Uh, so as far as the uh, replacement coach is concerned, there's a few names getting fired about on social media and things like that. Uh, I think we discussed last time some options that we just thought of off the cuff, like Fitzy, etc. Um, but there were a couple more names that I've caught up, namely uh, Mark Lefebvre, who was Dundee coach in 2015-16 and then took them to the playoff final weekend in 16-17. Um, I believe he was over in uh, America last year and has been released, is that right? Um, and that's really where that rumour started up from. Yeah, I think so. I, um, so he was, I think, assistant coach at um, the Orlando Solar Bears. I uh, don't really know too much about why he was released or if he left of his own of his own accord, I'm not sure, but obviously with his previous connections to the league he's gonna be linked, I think, by by anybody really. Uh whether there's any truth in it or not is you know, remains to be seen. But uh pretty much this whole podcast will be just speculation, I'm guessing. <laughs> exactly. That's the way it should be. Uh <laughs> But I mean, he he did a a good job with Dundee. It has to be said. I don't think they're uh, the kind of team that will reach the the playoff final weekend often uh, as it stands at the moment. Um, but uh, they put us out, didn't they? Um, at Brayhead Arena, I remember. Uh, so everybody's put us out. Yeah, well, it's not exactly a it's not exactly a rare occurrence, but I do remember it. Quite well. Um, so he, he did a good a good job with them. With them. Um, it probably wouldn't be a, a sort of, how would you say, a, a mind-blowing appointment. Uh, but somebody that knows the league, I guess. And in the same way, uh, did a good job with Dundee and how, how would they adapt to a slightly bigger budget team although I believe he had time with Sheffield as well as their coach right uh, before so uh, it's one of those real unknowns but at least if it was somebody like that he would have elite league experience yeah I guess that's the thing that would be in his favour uh, that, that previous experience that he's got uh, I think it would be an underwhelming appointment if I'm honest I'd would like to see somebody coming in with some new, fresh ideas, uh, and obviously that that's kind of what we what we tried to do the last time with John Tripp and it didn't work. But something with a wee bit more coaching experience, I think, would be uh, would be ideal in that scenario. Obviously, uh, John Tripp didn't have a lot of coaching experience, um, so you know, I'd maybe like to see somebody a wee, a wee bit more experience, whether that's from coming from North America or from Europe. Um, you know, I'm not too fussed either way, but, you know, just somebody with a wee bit more experience. Yeah, I think I'd be inclined to agree that uh, 
I would like a more experienced name. Uh, as you said, he was at Cincinnati Cyclones 2017-18 as assistant coach, and then Orlando last year. Uh, previously, Coventry head coach for a couple of months in 2014-15, and then uh, Sheffield assistant coach the year before that. So, um, certainly done a bit, and still a pretty young guy, he's only 37. Um, so whether or not there's any truth in that I don't know but yeah as you say I think I'd be looking for uh, a bit more experience we don't really know who's a big name it's not really like it doesn't really work like that but uh, certainly going from previous experience I think uh, it wouldn't be as you say the most exciting Um, elsewhere then I, I mean I don't know if we've got any more really to to say on that no it's maybe you know it could come down to uh, funds as well and what's been allocated for a head coach uh, could depend on what uh, what kind of guy we get in in the end uh, you know whether that's sort of factoring into it as well I'm not too sure yeah and of course whether they're looking to bring in a player coach or something like that um, that would obviously change change how the budget worked uh, but I think did we mention Liam Reddox last time I think that was another that's yeah. another big one doing the rounds uh, I would be again I'd be very surprised to see him come in uh, but even just for the playing side I'd be very happy with that signing uh, but it'd be very confusing having him and Tansky out on the ice at the same time I reckon why is that? Just because they look the same. Both oh, right, okay. With gin- the ginger both got ginger hair, yeah. yeah. To be fair, they've probably got their helmets on, but uh, during the warm-up then, the helm- <laughs> the helmetless confusion. Uh, but No, I mean, we'd obviously take him as a player, but I don't think we're going to see him at the club in either capacity, if I'm honest. Although I've been wrong basically every week. And this since the previous 47 episodes so who knows um, another one that I saw discussed was Doug Christensen who was has been a head coach in the Elite League before and was at Manchester Monarchs in the, the East Coast League last season um, previ- before that I think he had a, a player and talent development kind of role in America, I think their junior league, he was some sort of talent development guy there, uh, but was head coach at Sheffield, an assistant coach at Dundee in 2013-14, head coach at Belfast in 2012-13, and actually the previous two, so he was there for three seasons in Edinburgh before that, so again, a fair chunk of league experience. But probably not a hugely exciting appointment again. Um, but not one that I would completely rule out because maybe they are looking for more experience of this league, given the the bad experiences of John Tripp. Yeah, true. That that could factor into uh, the 
the end decision. But uh, that was sort of four years there they had. So um, after finishing the season with Dundee Stars in 2014, uh, you know, he wasn't really involved uh, in hockey again up until uh, last season with uh, Manchester Monarchs in the East Coast League. So, um, you know, that, which is a pretty good gig actually to get. Yeah, considering he's spent so much time away, but um, I suppose you don't really know what he was doing during that time if he was getting his coaching badges. Yeah, I don't, I, know, if that's a, I don't know if that's a thing in hockey, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the thing about the uh, the role that he had at um, USA Hockey, obviously, he was he was doing stuff there, but as far as I'm aware, I don't think there's an official kind of coaching qualification type thing, but uh, he's obviously fairly well thought of to get a job in that league, having not officially been a head coach for four years, albeit still still working at, at some capacity. Um, I mean, a lot of these guys will be good, good coaches, but it's just... As we've said before, it's not a market that you keep track of and know who is free and who's good at what, etc. Um, I mean, they've got to be good tactically, I guess, as well as um, man management. Uh, but no, as you say, I'm not sure there is a, an official coaching qualification, really. Um, it's <laughs> really just, my name in there. Well, why not? Um you might, be the be, you might be the best coach we've ever had. Well, don't know about that. It's unlikely. It's highly unlikely. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe they are. Inundate, that's why there's been no announcement. They've got thousands of CVs from fans that they're having to sift through. They just get it, uh, the season tickets mixed up with the job applications. <laughs> Yeah, the job's just been given Curtis. to job's just been given to some guy sitting in section N. <laughs> uh, spot prize. You get a spot prize every week. For the coach? Uh, just change Tony the Mac- coach every yeah. week. Aye, so you just have like one for uh, Tony Macaroni voucher and then the next one you could be like you could be the coach for the next game. Certainly probably wouldn't do worse than uh, I was gonna say last year but I meant really John Tripp because last year was okay in spells um, just just go out there and do do your best lads you know I'll just stand here on the bench and look good <laughs> use, I mean you not a game better than I do mate so just yeah. go out and do your thing yeah let's bring that in enough of your enough of your CV just give it to a different fan every week yeah they should. That would actually be on a slightly more serious note. If they did a, if they did some sort of prize where you could be on the bench for a game, <sighs> that would be good. Although I'm not, play, I'm not sure they'd really the allow that. Line. But uh, even just standing there on the bench would be quite good, I think, for a game. Yeah, definitely. So they should look into doing that. There's a real idea for you. Um, but yeah, so elsewhere, were there any other big coaching rumour flying about that you'd seen? Nah, nothing really that I'd seen online. Just mainly mainly those two. Yeah. Uh, 
and then previously Fitzy, but yeah, I'll come on to him in a second. Yeah, well, we might as well go to switch to some player rumours, firstly connected with Clan, because we've, we've not had any, any sign of an extension news since last recording. Um, but the main kind of clan rumours that, that I've seen are firstly, I believe, Zach Fitzgerald and the rumour was a move to Czech Republic, is that right? Um, yep. What so would whether be... that's in a, in a sort of player capacity or not, I'm not sure. But... Yeah, and how true these rumours actually are. I don't, I yeah, don't really know where they originate from, but um, what would be your your thoughts if that were to happen? Um, I guess he would be probably going there in a player capacity, and maybe you know towards the end of his career now. Uh, Fitzy, um, not too sure. I don't think he would go there and so. Uh, do any coaching I, I wouldn't have thought but I could be wrong on that um, but I guess it maybe just says that he's he's maybe not coming back uh, for next year or he's maybe just uh, weighing up his options currently but uh, obviously with the, with the carry on at, at Clan just now it's uh, difficult to you know so keep going for a, for a long time without making a decision so he's maybe just sort of weighing up his options yeah my personal thoughts are that um, I, I don't think uh, I would be I would be too disappointed as, as I've probably made public before I, I think he, um, he's struggling a bit playing wise now just to keep up with the pace and things um, I don't think it would be a huge loss to his that you can see immediately, but then it's it's hard to to discuss the intangible stuff, um, you know what he does off the ice, and also I guess just the confidence that he that he gives other players as well. It's hard to say how that would change the team, uh, yeah. if he's not there, you know. But just from a, a pure playing point of view, I think I, I wouldn't be too disappointed to to see him go. Um, but it, it's hard to judge the other aspects of it. Um, that might have a, a huge detrimental effect on the team. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt that he's he's a great guy and he's good to have around the around the dressing room. And you could probably ask every player uh, from the team last year, and they would say, you know, he, how just how good he was in the in the dressing room and stuff. But. Um, you know, it's it's maybe something that we we need to think about from that aspect. But yeah, I'm, I would agree with yourself in terms of in terms of playing. I don't I think his his best days are have passed him, and I think he would. You know, as harsh as that is, I think he would probably agree with that as well. Yeah, um, I think just the the pace of the game, um, and it is really moving away from. The physical aspect, I think a lot of the time some of his mistakes are, are showing up um, or, or cost chances or goals, so yeah, um, certainly not, not as his best that we saw the, the first time he was here, um, but certainly you know having that league experience and knowing what what the club means to the fans and stuff, that's that's hard to really 
quantify, so um, a bit up in there, but I, I don't think I'd be too gutted, as I've said. Um, but whether there's any truth in it, we will we will see. Um, that would, of course, open up the the window for the captaincy. Um, so I'd still have my money on Tansky being, being made the club captain there. Uh, if that was the case, I mean, I think if Fitz is still playing, he's he's going to be captain. I, I don't think there'd be much doubt about that. Uh, but who would be your choice for captain then? If I know we've hardly got any players, but <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, out of the squad that we've got currently, I think you would you would probably have to say Tansky would be, uh, would be the captain. Um, he would wouldn't you know, be a bad captain, probably. No, in, I, in terms I, I of, guess not. In terms of his connection to the club. Yeah, and obviously he's he's been here since since the start as well, so he knows he knows what the club's about uh, as well. So that wouldn't obviously be a disappointment either. But I think for me, you know, Tansky's got that um, he's got that sort of the same or similar kind of personality to Fitzy, where he's you know I feel like he's well liked by uh, by a lot of his teammates as well. Uh, and obviously that goes a long way into uh, the decision behind that as well. But it's obviously up to um, whoever's going to be the coach when they come in. Yeah, it's obviously uh, up to Pete Rutt. Oh no, well, that's, not, <laughs> that's definitely not up to him. Nah. Um, less we say his name, the better. Yeah, exactly. The other really strong rumour that's been doing the rounds is... Um, Lyndon Springer from Manchester. Now he was announced as not returning to Manchester next year. Um, I'm not sure if he had a a two a, a multi-year deal. I can't really remember the press release, but I think it might have said that he did. Um, and it, it wasn't as sort of brutal as our initial press release for Pete Russell, but I think it had one or two semi-choice words from Finnerty who'd indicated maybe that he, he he thought he was coming back or whatever else but um, anyway so he's a guy who is quite strongly linked with coming to clan and I'll be I'll be straight up as they say I don't really I don't want want to sign him you're going to say you'll be straight up at the arena <laughs> nah. I'll be straight up at the arena and I'll be protesting no not quite but I just I, I don't don't fancy him nah I would, I would agree with you uh, you know like you say the league's kind of moved on from that uh, sort of physical uh, or over physical aspect at times uh, you know I think he is young as well he's only 24 so um you know, whether he's got that sort of Cameron influence in him uh, that, that, you would, that you would want at the back of, you know, I don't think he's, I don't think he's got that and I think that's been evident in his, his past two years at Manchester, uh, you know, sort of, what, 330-odd penalty minutes in, in two years. Um, that's really something we could do without... Uh, Especially when you're playing the bigger teams, Belfast and, and Cardiff, you you want all your guys on the ice uh, to be able to compete for sixty minutes. Yeah, and you look at his history before. Um, he's had a 
a good few seasons where he's been right up there in terms of penalty minutes. And obviously, being a bit younger, he'll have more legs than well. If you if you're thinking about it in terms of a fitsy replacement, um, he's a bit obviously more mobile and uh, might give you a bit more offensively. But I, I'm just thinking back to that Fife incident. Yeah. Uh, where he's just the red mist stuff um, I'm not really interested in, in that as much now um, at all really so I, I would I would go as far as to say I'd be disappointed if we signed him um, but if we did he'd have to have to prove everybody wrong I guess um, but yeah I'm, I'm not I'm not buzzing for that one no, I think I think though he is the kind of guy that could become a fans' favourite if he, you know, he sort of steps in and, and fills the, the same role that Fitzy had. Um, but yeah, I'd agree with you. It's not really for me. Uh, he's maybe you know he's maybe linked because of the Fife incident <laughs> as well because it was against Fife. But yeah, uh, I can't remember how many games he got banned for there. Uh, but I mean, you look at. Last year, I don't know if you've looked at Fitz's penalty minutes, but if you were asking me without looking, I'd say he didn't have as many last year um, as maybe previous seasons in the league. Not necessarily with us. That first year with us was insane. It was over 300, but I felt like he maybe he didn't give away as many penalties, but it turns out that um, he's actually at 178 penalty minutes which is 5 more than Springer um, so he, he really was, was right up there um, that kind of surprises me a wee bit it does, that, that's what I mean if you were to ask me without looking I don't think I'd have said yeah. it was anywhere near that much but um, you know 178 and then Sheffield the previous 3 seasons it was one eight one one nine seven one nine seven. So, uh, he's keeping that pretty steady. But he he didn't seem to play with the same, the same kind of edge fitsy. But it just just shows you, um, he still took a lot of those minor penalties, um, and I think yeah the the game's really moving away from that. We can't can't afford to be having guys spending, uh, three games worth three matches worth in the penalty box over a season yeah it's um, definitely can't have that but um, I don't know if it was maybe that he was you know he was captain and sort of found that he had to be a wee bit more responsible in terms of um, you know just sort of dropping the gloves whenever and, uh, you know sort of picking the right times to do it and uh, you know, getting in people's faces, but not actually uh, taking any penalties himself. But yeah, there was still that element there with Fitzy. You know, he would just take me daft taking penalties and slashing penalties every so often, and it would just drive you mental at times. But uh, remains to be seen what's going to happen. But I think that uh, the Springer stuff came from Frank Simsy on Twitter. I think it kind of stemmed from that. I don't know if he'd announced that he was leaving Manchester before that or not, but... Uh, the Manchester was, Glasgow tweet. Yeah, it's a cryptic tweet, eh? Yeah. yeah. 
it could very well just be fishing there, but we'll see. See what happens. Who knows if that's player or coach or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think unanimously, unanimously there, we're not, we're not really having, we're not having Springer. Uh, and if we do, then, well, he'd have to be the best player next year to change my opinion. Uh, moving on then to because I, I don't think there's any more clan news really. Uh, nah, I think player wise, covered it pretty much. Um, first of all, we'll just quickly skim the contract extensions across the league then, and then we'll do signings. Um, yep. Firstly, Dallas Earhart back at Manchester again. Um, I don't know if that's going to be his fourth season, is it, maybe? Certainly at least his third. Um, it is his but, uh, fourth, yeah, you're right. Fourth, yeah, but a, a solid, solid performer he's been for them. Um, I think he's kind of changed his game a wee bit from being more physical at the start um, and then you know from then on the past few years I think he's put up a few points and he's also been pretty steady uh, so he's he's back with them and they'll be they'll be pleased with that and along with uh, Earhart they've re-signed Declan Bammer who is a bit of a bam uh, <laughs> And I remember he was involved in that Fife fracas, and uh, he's yep. definitely a kind of agitator of a player. Um, but Earhart, out of the two, I would say, are more important for them. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, just looking at his stats over the last three years, the first season, uh, Dallas Earhart had nine points in 51 games. Second season, 23 points in 53 games. And then last season, 47 points from 60 games. So that's a huge jump year on year. Um, I don't think he'll get any better than that in terms of point production but I think he has adapted his game a wee bit as well um, Yeah and funnily enough me saying I think he's got less kind of physical funnily enough his penalty minutes have actually gone up <laughs> so uh, but it, that doesn't that's not really necessarily an indicator I think um, he has changed and adapted as you said and obviously getting in the the Great Britain squad two years in a row so he's become a, an important member of that yeah definitely um, in terms of Declan Balmer as well I mean you can't really can't really say too too much about him uh, still kind of still a young guy uh, 23 year old uh, defenceman as well and uh, 68 penalty minutes last year which doesn't really seem a lot but then you do so factor in that uh um, kerfuffle <laughs> five. good word yeah um, yeah just kind of come into it a wee bit but he's a sort of reliable guy in terms of um, energy type shifts um, but I don't think he's he's a, the sort of player who who'll get Manchester fans you know really excited um, but he's certainly got a role so um Finnerty's got a lot of guys like that, I guess. Um, or he likes guys like that. Hey, Cardiff have extended the contracts of Mark Lewis and Josh Batch. So two two defencemen there uh, to go along with Mosey, who they signed 
back a few weeks ago. Uh, both big guys, physical players. Um, Lewis, I think, has been really solid performer for the past couple of seasons, so they'll be pleased to get him tied down. And Batch, as well, can play forward, I think. Um, so a bit of a utility player. Um, but just really bringing back more of that core from another successful year. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, those are two guys that were instrumental in the in their defence uh, last year. Um, you know, Mark, Mark Louis always tends to kind of stand out uh, at the back, just a really, a really sort of calm and influence and, you know, sort of no-nonsense guy as well. Um, 105 penalty minutes last year. It's maybe a wee bit more than what they would like, but um, season before that, he only played 30 games. Um, so I'm not sure if that was down to injury or, or not for for a portion of that, but um, definitely a guy that's uh, you know good good to have and, and one I'd imagine obviously it would have been one of the first names down to to bring back just in terms of his his overall sort of influence. Yeah, uh, Josh Badge as well, you know, good another good sort of British player. Um, you know, six foot four as well. Uh, same height as Mark Louis, so two two huge guys. Uh, you know, sort of imposing figures, and uh, you know, that's a, another good returnee for Cardiff. Absolutely, um, I think we probably expect them to bring back a good core as they always do. Um, but yeah, good start. Uh, next up, we've got. Uh, Belfast and they've re-signed Jordan Smotherman who did really well when he came in last year for the, the latter end of the season um, really good experience and scored some huge goals so I think uh, they'll really be excited for what he can do over a, the course of a full season Yeah he was, he was really impressive uh, when he came in um, I was kind of Slightly surprised at how well he, he played, but then you saw look at his CV and he's, you know, he's played in the NHL, but he's also played uh, top leagues in, in Finland and in Sweden as well. So he's uh, and Germany, of course. But um, you know, just an excellent CV and uh, a guy that's put up points wherever he's went. And, um, obviously not, you know, just all about that, but uh, just a really sort of explosive winger and can. Uh, you know, really get it going on, on the power play and stuff and put a lot of pressure on teams. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I mean, I was really impl- uh, impressed with him when he, when he first came over. So, I think that's a really good uh, signing for Belfast. Yeah, he scored a couple against us as well, I think. So, that's yeah. certainly always noticed. Um, Guildford have re signed Josh Waller. Well, <laughs> yeah. Everybody, but since we last last discussed Josh Waller and perhaps as important as anybody else, um, Travis Fullerton's back, and we know now how effective he is in the league. Maybe he continues to be the one that got away for us, um, but he's he's found a found a solid home in Guildford, and he's been performing. There for a good while works well with Carozzi and um, in that goaltending tandem they've got on. 
and I think they'd announced that there will be the same same setup again. So he'll be he'll be big for them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think he worked. He did work well with Crozy as well, and obviously Fulham. I think played most of the games against Clan. Uh, yeah, we could hardly get past them at the start. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, he was just he was never really highly thought of when he was here. Um, but you know, maybe looking back now, you're thinking maybe it would have been uh, our answer to to Kyle Jones. But uh, certainly in the in the playoffs, I think he outperformed Carosi. Uh You know, and, and probably deserved his his start in the in the playoff final weekend. But uh, yeah, just you know, another good sort of solid solid goalie to have. And if they're going to go with that tandem, then. Uh, you know, he's, he's definitely a, an excellent goaltender to have there. Yeah. Um, Josh Waller, just very briefly, is a quite quite highly thought of young young player. I think he's only 18 or 19, so um, they'll expect good things from him in the in the future. Uh, the last couple of contract extensions, we've got a guy that we know very well, Barry McKenzie, back at Fife. And... Uh, Sean Bhutan back at Dundee. Um, I think to be honest, both of those sets of fans will be pretty pleased. We know what we get with Mackenzie, and Bhutan's been solid as well for Dundee. Yeah, two two good uh, returnees there. Um, yeah, obviously we know we know what Barry Mackenzie can do, and um, that was perhaps maybe maybe one mistake uh, that Peter also made was not. Not resigning Barry McKenzie when you when you look at, uh, you know how how McKenzie played. You know if you're kind of comparing him with uh, Jack Moose, I don't think there's uh, too much of a difference there. If anything, maybe McKenzie's a slightly better player, but uh, I'll maybe give Moose another year if he's back. Um, and obviously, you know, Bhutan, uh, just a, a solid solid guy there uh, in Dundee and Purpa. A few points, a, a few important points, I think, uh, during last season as well, and uh, you know, Pasha's Pasha's got his got his guy back for next year, and you know, they'll be uh, another force again next next year, I would think. Um, yeah, he's experienced as well, but because he played played with Coventry before uh, as well, so again, somebody else who won't take any time to adapt. Um, and if, if Dundee bring back their core and, and improve on that, then they'll certainly be be more of more of challengers for that playoff position, I think. Um Pasha gets them going. We have very briefly some signings just to, to touch on. Uh last time I think we covered the fact that Kieran Long moved to Belfast. But since then, we've had uh, the main the main ones really that I think are even worth mentioning. Uh, a bit of business for Manchester in and out. Evan Richardson. This is obviously along with Springer, but Evan Richardson moves to France's at Briancon. I think I'm yeah. assuming that that's France. Uh, yeah, I would think so. And. Uh, and that's- They've brought in 
a forward Cody Thompson from University of Guelph so um, perhaps another young talent although obviously the guys that come out of university aren't that young you know he's 24 but having played at a good level I expect he'll be a decent player um, for his first pro season yeah I would think so um, you know you see it you see it often enough for guys that come out of, come out of uni and uh, come over here in their first uh, sort of professional year and they you know they, they tend to do pretty well uh, overall so uh, I've got no doubts that he'll he'll come in and he'll he'll fit into the affinity system that he's got in Manchester yeah a guy that I'm kind of thinking like that is Charles Corcoran that played at Dundee I'm pretty yeah. sure um, he came from university system or his, this was his first year pro or last year was um, and he did well so I expect a good player as you say um, losing Evan Richardson for them uh, a guy who put up 40 points over 53 games um, I seem to think he scored a couple against us again and that's really the thing that you remember, um, but you know, not not prolific by any means. Um, mo- I'd describe him probably more as steady, uh, so potentially not a huge disappointment. But um, a guy who I think will maybe do do all right in France, having come from from our league. But you look at his his history; he's not a huge point scorer, but. Um, a guy who I think did a decent job last year in Manchester but not spectacular yeah I would probably agree with that I think Thompson's probably going to be his replacement I would think you know just uh, similar numbers and uh, coming through university um, so you know perhaps maybe looking for a wee bit more out of, out of Thompson um, as you say 40 points you know it's, it's pretty good but it's not uh, it's not that great in considering where uh, or how how far Manchester uh, have fallen in the uh, in the last year. Then um, you know, Finnair obviously be looking to rectify that somehow. Indeed, and finally, uh, Johan Anderson has left Dundee and gone to Marseille in France too, and I believe mm. he is going to be playing with. Guy called Jimmy Jensen who played in Dundee the year before last with him, um, so maybe a bit of a connection there. But uh, I always rated him as quite a good player. Obviously, he's he's had a a very good career um, and was the captain last year in Dundee, so I think he'll be quite a big loss. Um, you know, he wasn't a huge point scorer, but uh, quite well thought of and a a really good. CV, so I, I think he'll be a, a fair loss for them. Yeah, perhaps a wee bit of a surprise decision not to, um, you know, to move to the second tier in France. Um, and obviously, you know, there's maybe not too much of a difference there in terms of quality, but, uh, you know, if you look at the top tier in France, you would probably say it's, it's on a par with, with the elite week. Um, so, you know, is that a step down or, or is he going there to sit? Uh, you know, take on the captain's role again, and uh, perhaps you know, try and go and get a promotion. But 
Uh, what a career move that is, though. Going from Dundee to Marseille. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's certainly an, an aesthetically pleasing career move, I would say. You might enjoy Marseille a bit more. Although every guy you hear speaking that's come back to Dundee has said how much they like it. But that seems to just be the standard template for any re-signing in any league ever. So yeah. I would, I'm not reading in too much into Dundee's a great city or whatever. No. Um, Apart from that, who was the main? There was a netminder that was a. Uh, it was a Coventry, I think, and he left and he went to this play in the south of France or something like that, and he posted a, a couple of pictures. Like, <laughs> like it was his, uh, where he was staying. Kind of like, it was, was it not Mika Weekman? Oh yes, it was. Uh-huh. It was. And he was you know, probably slagging the Edinburgh rink or whatever it was, as he used to do. No, I think it was his. Uh, it was where he was staying in Coventry at the time. All oh, right, okay. It was just a sad, bleak alley. <laughs> and then he posted a picture of where he was staying in France, and it was just, you know, just sad. Yeah. Picturesque, yeah, yeah, south of France. I mean, it's but, a, a lifestyle shift, yeah. So maybe yeah. he's not going for the hockey, but fair enough. He's going for the he's going for the croissants in the early morning <laughs> newspapers on the balcony in the sun. So fair play, but yeah, I yeah. think Dundee will have a bit of a job replacing him. Um, but talking of France, uh, funnily enough, the French team were surprisingly, I think we have to say surprisingly, beaten by GB in the World Championships, which meant that GB actually stayed in the top division. Um, I, I didn't expect that GB would, would beat France, and especially not when they went 3-0 down, but uh, maybe the the Pete Russell effect, he had the, the announcement weight off his shoulders, <laughs> kind of turned it round there, but... Um, so no, last year it was, the, it was the other way about, we would go 3-0 up and then those four goals so yeah that's weird that yeah um, but goals from Robert Dowd Mike Hammond Rob Farmer and then Ben Davis who I think we've always got a bit of a soft spot for uh, won it in overtime um, and to be honest that's a brilliant achievement for them staying in that division although the Pete Russell things kind of soured it all for me uh, but yeah um, it's still a in terms of the team, it's still a, a great achievement. I think France are ranked 10th in the world in GB or 30s, maybe. Or maybe that's it's not quite as much as that. But um, I didn't really... I thought it would be a close game, but I didn't think we'd win. Um, so, you know, fair enough. France will be gutted, I think. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I think, you know, having looked at the group beforehand, it was... Uh, I would say definitely the, the tougher of the two groups and um, but obviously France were one of the teams you were maybe looking to pick something up from uh, and it's you know it's good that it's happened for uh, for for GB and to be able to stay in the in the top division is a huge achievement for the team um, and you know what what better way than than we Benny getting the getting the winning goal um, you know I think f- for me anyway. I think he's. I to stick my neck on the line and say he's the best Brit that Clan have had. It's it's hard to 
to disagree with that. Um, seeing what he's what he's doing at Guildford as well, um, there might be a wee bit of interest from other teams in the league, maybe for him. Uh, I think, but it, you know, guys like Mike Hammond performed really well, uh, and then obviously Ben Bounds, who was he's got to be the the player of the tournament. I think for for GB potentially even. You could argue in that one of the top players in that group, just the the influence that he had, he faced some ridiculous amount of shots. Um, So Brian Nyesk. Yeah, exactly. John Jeff will be saying him. Um, (laughs) So I wouldn't be surprised to see Bounds move. I noticed there, just as we're flicking across it, that there was a rumour about Bounds to Denmark. yeah. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, even if he moved to America or something, um, they've still got a lot of potential. Um, and it just shows you that he can do it at that level. Um, so he, yeah. he did his, his chances of a move no harm. And I think I would be surprised to see him at Cardiff next year. Yeah, definitely. He did. He performed so well, uh, you know, on, on the world stage as well. So... Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult for Cardiff to be able to keep him, I think. Um and if they are then they're they're doing really well. But uh, you know, that's gonna be a huge hole to fill. Yeah, and you'd expect that they'd they'd fill it with a, a good goalie if, if he did leave. Um but yeah. yeah, I mean I know that he goes in trains, I think, over in Canada and America during the summer. Um and just his performances for the last couple of seasons of I've shown it that he's he's very good, so um yeah, I'll be I'll be surprised if there's not a bit of interest there. Um and potentially even in guys like Davis and and Mike Hammond. Um yeah. they they for sure didn't do themselves any harm, but uh, as you said, it, it came down to that France game and it just so happened that the way the fixtures fell that was the last one. Um I think there was talk about Denmark being maybe the other one that there was potential to get something, but that didn't end so well. Um, so maybe it worked out well that it was almost like all in on that France game, um, and they knew they knew that just one win will it will be enough. So um, fair play, and we'll see see how they do next year. But I think it will probably be a, a similar story if they're to. Stay up again. Um, the last last bit of ice hockey stuff we we're going to cover was Stanley Cup and just how bad my prediction was <laughs> heading into the final. You've you've currently you're still alive with Boston, um, but it's starting tonight. I think is the first first game. So it's St Louis against Boston. Um, Boston going in, having beaten Carolina 4-0 um, and St. Louis beating San Jose 4-2 I think it's probably now at this stage you'd put Boston as slight favourites but hard to call uh, a lot of good players on both teams probably won't get to see too much of it but um, hope maybe if it maybe if it goes to to a game seven, I'll, I'll spare myself a wee, a wee late night. 
yeah, I think you have to at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Boston sort of went out and, and got the job done early on, uh, so they've had ten days rest. So uh, I can see that they'll be they'll be around to go again. But you know, probably the second second half of this uh, this this our regular season for for the Blues was uh, pretty special, considering where they were. Um, so you know they've done they've done really well to get uh, to where they are now, and uh, you know another final push, perhaps. But maybe for me, I think it's a step too far for them. And I think uh, you know obviously I'm going to stick with my prediction, but I think Boston are going to go on and do it as uh, as Boston teams tend to do in America. Yeah, um, it's uh, probably hard to. To see past them, but are they? Do they get the home, home advantage? Are they the, the at home first? I think they probably are. Um. So I think the way it goes, it's two at Boston, and then it then it moves. If I'm not mistaken, but that certainly is an advantage to have that potential game seven at home. Uh, yeah. So. I think yeah, probably Boston, but it would it would be it would be a great effort from the Blues to to take that one. So we'll see see what happens, but hopefully it goes to seven because that's I think the kind of pinnacle uh, that you want to see. Um, so see, see what happens there. Um, moving on to some other sporting news, we've had. The, finally, the treble treble confirmed from your your boys in green. Um, I, I don't think it was ever in doubt, really. <laughs> Maybe not, but you can never really tell us a one-off game cup final. Uh, you know, and, and for times during the during the final, uh, it didn't look as if Celtic were going to uh, click into gear at any point. Um, you know, Hearts gonna. The game plan was was set up well and sort of frustrated Celtic in the first half and then, you know, getting that that early goal uh, in the second half, uh, you know, from from Ryan Edwards, ex Thistle legend. Yeah. Ryan Edwards, obviously. Um, you know, for for him to get that goal as well in the cup final, that's you know, you probably would never have expected that uh, to happen, but. It did, and then you know from there, I think Celtic kind of woke up a bit. Um, but that's a, a worrying sign for me, you know, if they're sort of waiting until. Yeah, it's it's a funny um, thing that it takes for an, an opponent's goal to to spring a team into life, but that's the way it looked. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I guess they've been in that position before domestically, where uh, you know they've been kind of up against it and. Uh, you know, history making and all that, all the rest of it, but uh, they came through in the end, or uh, one man did, I should say. Yep. French Eddie, is that your French Eddie. Yeah, he's been a, a huge player in, in the big games, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, less so in the, in the not so big games, but. Well, uh, well, that's the thing, it's, it's whether you want, which way around do you want it? Um, well, exactly. So, and as a result, um, Lennon was Neil Lennon was offered the job permanently, 
and uh, we'd said I'd sent that message to say I wasn't I wasn't actually aware that he'd taken it. The way the announcement came was that he was offered it, uh, and then they just started talking about him accepting it. So I guess that puts to bed the rumours of uh, Mourinho and Benitez, etc. Um, so yeah. w- what are your thoughts on on Lennon for the next? Well, I guess trying to close out that ten in a row is the main thing. Yeah, um, that's obviously the main thing, and you know I think every Celtic fan should should get behind him and, and back him. But for me, it's a lazy appointment. Uh, I feel like you're you're kind of going back the way with with Lennon. Um, the one thing I, I will say is though that you know he did bring in some quality players in his time. Uh, obviously Van Dijk, Van Yama. Uh, Ledley and, and the likes uh, were were outstanding for Celtic, and you know, get getting that result against Barcelona as well as um, you know something that's uh, will go down in history and live along in the memory. But um, you know, the the other aspects of it are you look at the team uh, since Lennon's taken over, and I feel like they kind of look a wee bit lethargic. Um, and you know that that could also be just down to the fact that they've played sixty odd games or whatever it is this season, uh, and that's naturally going to take a take its toll. But um, I'm just I'm not convinced. Yeah, you you'd hope I guess that that wouldn't really carry over. Um, the thing about a new appointment would obviously be that that freshness, um, and you'd get the reaction, but. I guess you know what you get with Lennon and whether or not it's it's popular is is kind of by the by, I suppose if if he does deliver deliver what he's is there for. Um I think probably most, if not all fans would set European results aside to to yeah. do the, the ten. Um but it certainly doesn't do the confidence any harm to go and get the odd big result like that, I don't think. Um, so yeah, we'll see see how his recruitment is. I think in the summer, and there'll be a, a fair bit of changeover, almost hockey team esque, <laughs> the amount of loans and stuff. But um, not not if you ask Peter Lowell, apparently. So well, that's, that's what his thoughts on the matter are. There's not going to be a lot of turnover. So okay, well maybe not then. Um, but. Yeah, we'll see. I think if he, you know, maybe he makes a, a bit of a stuttering start next year, then pressure will be on. Um, but I think regardless of who who it is, if there's a big name coming in, then the pressure is on immediately. Um, and also yeah. because of the the end goal, really, they can't can't afford a, a slip up, really. So I think interesting times, but. Uh, an appointment that divides opinion for sure yeah definitely um, I would say more Celtic fans uh, are probably against Lennon's appointment um, but you know I, I don't know I, I find it it's difficult to to sort of say either way because obviously he's come in and uh, he's taken over and he's he's won the league pretty much the same amount of points as as Roger Rogers had, and uh, you know he's he's won the Scottish Cup as well, so he's done what he's had to do really. Um, 
best the manner of the performances and you know sort of scraping late winners against teams. Um, you know, considering where the team has been, uh, it's not really for me. It's not good enough. But uh, I'll wait and see how how the summer goes. Uh, we'll see what time, I, what kind of money he gets to spend, and how he's going to invest it in the squad. Yeah, you've been treated to some good stuff under Roger, so it's it's Aye. hard, I suppose, to to live up to that. But um, he does have a job in his hands, and as you say, see how the what funds are available and how they're how they're spent. If he goes and finds the next Van Dyke or whatever, then um, that will be positive. But we'll see. Um, joining Celtic in the Premiership next year will be well they're not joining really that would have been a nice that would have been a nice set up if we had had Wagner's friends from the United coming up but uh, St Mirren managed to secure their survival with with a win on penalties yesterday against them the United and I have to say those United penalties were shocking <laughs> nice to see them yet but uh, I've not heard some complimentary things about Yeah, um, they looked really as though the, the pressure had got to them. Um, St Mirren missed one, I think. Uh, but apart from that, then United missed missed all of theirs and in the end it was a, a quick shootout. Uh, but I mean, uh, St Mirren, I think it's, you have to say, they, they did go on a decent run at the end of the year and Oren Kearney's done a the job that he was brought in to do, I guess, and that is keep them, keep them in that division. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it was it was good for a, for a team like St. Mirren as well to, uh, to maintain top flight status and, um, you know, kind of look to to grow next season. Um, you know, if you kind of if you look at Hamilton, in comparison, probably. A, a, a similar budget, um, I would have thought, but um, you know Hamilton seemed to be able to just just about stay in the league, uh, and this will be their this will be their sixth year, I think, in the top flight now. So yeah, um, you know that's I can't knock pretty, it really. No, exactly. I mean, it's not pretty to watch, obviously, finishing ninth or tenth every year, but uh, you know, managing to to maintain that top flight status is. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, and more more disappointing for Dundee United. Um, going to that second leg, nothing each. You thought um, that that maybe it was their year, and they also went one 0 up. Um, but as Wagner said, not to be uh, for them, and they'll go again next year uh, in what will be a a tight championship, I think. Um, I'd expect our friends part at Thistle to make more of a challenge up there as well. So uh, it would be interesting because that was that was a close close division, which was good this season. So hopefully more of the same. Um, I think as well, uh, uh, it's worth a mention to. Well, we'll come on to Scotland in a, a second, but Scotland's very own John McGinn, who's scored the winning goal to take. Villa up to the Premier League down in England. Um, I didn't see the goal, but good for guys like that who've come from Scotland to get some headlines and 
Yeah, he'd do well, so fair play to him. He scored a few belters as well. Um, and that's what, what Celtic could have had if they'd, if they'd got their, their finger out. I think it was a I think it was a mistake from the goalie. I think it was a sort of loopy cross into the box and the keeper came out and kind of flapped at it and I think McGinn was uh, first to respond and, and knocked it in. But, yeah. They all count and all that. Oh, aye, definitely. Um, well, it's, a, it's a good day for, for him and for Aston Villa. And, uh, you know, not so good for, for Derby County and, and uh, Martin Wycorn. <laughs> of course not. He'll be forever remembered as that guy in the, the video with the kid in the fish supper. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Although he he did score, I think he was given one of the goals. Yeah, he was given. But, he was given. Um, not enough in the end. Uh, and the, I suppose the the major football news up here was that Steve Clark was appointed national team manager, and I think it will be. Hard to find anybody that's not pleased with that appointment. No, nah, definitely not. I mean, he was the top candidate for me. Uh, and probably a lot of others. Uh, probably the only candidate I think you would. Yeah. Uh, you would have to say. Um, so it's you know it's it's good to have, but again, you're just uh, questioning why. Uh, you know why does it have to take a a heavy defeat to Kazakhstan for? Um, for this to happen but um, I feel like we've got the right guy in now so uh, we'll see what happens going forward yeah I mean I think the the remit will be to to beat the teams that that we should be and that, that's the main thing you know you it sounds obvious but we can't be getting hammered by Kazakhstan um, we'll be looking to beat those teams in our group and then hope that we can pull off a couple of upsets um, and you never know but the way we've started obviously it's not ideal um, but as you say I think he is the right guy and um, you know he, he's got the potential to do really good things I think with Scotland so um, wish him the best and uh, you never know but I, I would expect that it will probably all come down to that Nations League playoff um, unless we pull off some sort of miracle in the group but I like that he's coming in to say we're going to try and qualify out the group um, and the stuff he's saying about the players who we need to make themselves available again so we know that he'll pick the right players and the right squad um, so hopefully hopefully we've turned a bit of a corner and we can look forward but we will see um, finally on to the NLR business section and I wanted to start with uh, a bit of a slagging of the way Game of Thrones ended um, Spoiler alert If anybody's not seen it if you've not turn seen off it the podcast now, now. Uh, If you haven't already done so <laughs> Yeah, if you didn't within the first <laughs> 10 minutes or after the first episode we ever recorded um, but if you're still here thanks for listening um, but I don't think Game of Thrones did itself justice with the way it ended I think it felt more like Game of Thrones the movie the way it ended um, I feel like they didn't give themselves enough 
time to finish all the storylines the way most people would want, although you can never keep everyone happy. Yeah, um, that was just the sort of the theme, I think, for everybody uh, during the final season was, uh, you know, the the length, the length of time it uh, it took to to get it all done and dusted, and you know, it felt it felt rushed uh, for the for the majority of it. I would say, um, you know, I don't know they would sort of get it. Yeah, kind of minor details about it and stuff, but no, we'll save that uh, for the Game of Thrones podcast. Of course, um, don't want to, don't want to spoil that. But uh, yeah, just overall, it felt like it was rushed. Um, obviously, they've got the uh, the next series of Star Wars films um, to write. I think these guys, so maybe perhaps wanting to do that or focus more on that. And Is that who? Is it Benioff and whatever his name is? Are they yeah. they writing Star Wars stuff? Yeah, I think so. No. I'm not sure if it's like a if it's the next trilogy of films or if they're doing a uh, like a spin off trilogy or I'm not sure. I can't remember. But I know they're doing stuff that's uh, Star Wars related anyway. So we can expect uh, Jon Snow to to get the, the ending he deserved but in Star Wars? <laughs> Yeah, perhaps so, yeah. And that's a one-off battle with Big Boss Ness. To become uh, the king, king of, of the Naboo. King of the Naboo, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I do agree with that, that Game of Thrones stuff. Um, but I believe that, um, you know, they probably, the actors by the end of the eighth se- season were probably wanting to move on a bit. I can see why they kind of capped it at, eight seasons but it strikes me that they could have they had enough material for about 58 seasons uh, and it just yep. felt it felt like the ending was was very much movie like as opposed to the storytelling ending but it is what it is uh, I think there's some HBO documentary about the making of the series out Right. now or the making of the whole programme I'm not sure but uh, it, it can't make up for the fact that uh, the big man wasn't on the throne at the end uh, <laughs> notice yeah, how I avoided the spoiler there <laughs> yeah, um, no, that, was, that was definitely a lot I don't know I would say yeah. um, was there uh, any other AOB that you had in mind Uh but I was just, just kind of talking about football there, but obviously Sunderland not not getting promoted back in the championship, so that'll make it for an interesting second season of uh, Sunderland till I die. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'd seen that on social media, that Netflix will be licking their lips. <laughs> yeah, the first one was pretty good, so... Uh, no, it was, it was. This one's um, going to be just as good, I think. Yeah, although this time I guess there was... Most of it would be more positive, uh, with a a sour ending, mm. as opposed to just being depression yeah, all the be, way through. But um, exactly, but I'll make it even better. I don't think I, I'm assuming that they weren't actually filming, but they might. It might come out in the wash that they were filming and it's getting released. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, I think they should do more of that kind of stuff. 
Yeah. Um, I know a lot of teams are probably quite closed off in terms of what's revealed uh, and shown. But I think there was a there was the Man City one I've not seen, but I think the Sunderland one and stuff like that would be a lot more interesting than. You you want to see the failure more so than the success if it's me. I think yeah. that's that's where you get more interesting viewing personally. Uh huh. Nah, I know. I would I would tend to agree with that as well. Um. Okay. So but that's is, but that's it for me. I think. That I is. I think. Any. Yep. Uh, as good a place as any to. To stop, we managed to get a good a good hour show out of a total tumbleweed clan news couple of weeks. So that that is the beauty of two minutes for chatting, I think, um, and that's why everyone from a, across the globe and it is a global podcast. We have seen listeners from everywhere uh, tuning in, so that's that's good to see. And obviously, I think it's worth mentioning that we are now on Spotify, so. Anybody who uses that for their daily commute or some other time, then you can give us a listen on that if you if you so desire. Um, if you're not already listening to this on Spotify. Of course. And I'd expect that the hardcore fans would be. So shout out to them for doing that. Um, but yeah, get on board before we become number one podcast and take take the world by storm. A global brand. Indeed, Alan Sugar would be proud. Unfortunately, there was n- there was no breaking news this week, but no, got We've been stalling long enough now. There's always next time. Indeed. Well, folks, as ever, thanks for turning up, um, and we will catch you next time. Catch you then. <laughs>